Hi, everybody. I'm Jimmy DeYoung. You're listening to Prophetic Perspective. This is an opportunity for you to be able to glean some information about current events in light of biblical prophecy. We're going to be listening to a portion of my audio series. It's a five-part, five-hour audio series on CD entitled The Babylon Factor, and it focuses on what is happening in modern-day Iraq and how that plays into the end-time prophecy that's laid out in the entire Word of God. Will you take a moment now, listen to this, and then I'll tell you how you can get your own individual copy of The Babylon Factor. Right now, let's listen to the study. Where'd I tell you they were before they started moving? Mount Ararat. The late astronaut Jim Irwin I don't know how many trips he made to Mount Ararat looking for Noah's Ark. Every time he did, he would come back through New York City. I was living in New York City at that time. He would ask me to pick him up, especially the time he fell. Remember the time he fell down the side of the mountain? He was all scratched up, beat up, looked terrible. He had his daughter call me and said, pick up dad in a back room. He doesn't want to meet any journalist. I mean, he walks on the moon, but he can't walk on the mountain. You know, he was really embarrassed. So I picked him up and he would tell me that, man, they tried to get up in there and it was... It was completely ice covered. That's why he fell. Well, what happens? And so you get all these animals out of the ark, the creeping things, dinosaurs, and it's freezing. They hadn't been used to that. So what do they do? Well, Nimrod says, we're going to the plain of Shinar. Beautiful, lush, warm. Man, it's great. So they all go over and all the animals come over. By the way, it was a hundred years before Peleg was born. So they had a hundred years of growth. And then Peleg lived, I got this from genealogy. See, there's some good stuff in genealogy. Peleg, that's the time, according to Genesis chapter 10, verse 25, the world was divided into their language groups and the landmass. And it was 240 years that Peleg lived. So that's 340 years that all this could be taking place. And what happens then? Ultimately, now there's really not enough food to feed these gigantic animals that God brought forth. The book of Job chapter 40 talks about a dinosaur that came into Jericho, laid in the Jordan River, was swallowing up the Jordan River, and had a tail like a tree trunk behind him. These were Potation, not necessarily maybe what we see because most of the replications you see in museums come from a little shin bone and they take that shin bone and make what you see. That's total subterfuge if I've ever seen it. But they were big. We do know they were big. Study the book of Job. That'll tell you how large some of them were. And so they're going to starve to death. They're going to freeze to death. And Best understanding, and I went back to Dr. John Wickham for this reference, because he is a very brilliant man in this area of creation. He and Dr. Henry Morris have written a book, of course, and they say probably mankind killed off the dinosaur. Thus Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The people say he's saving us, he's protecting us. Oh man, everything is great. Go back to chapter 10. Let's look here. And the beginning of his kingdom. The beginning of his kingdom. Now, that's the very first time in Scripture the word kingdom is used. When you use the word kingdom, that means you have to have a king. Thus, Nimrod was the very first king. Nimrod is one of the most important personalities in all of the Word of God. 
God was the king of kings. Nimrod became the number two king. And he is going to move mankind against God. And he's going to use human government, which God gave to them after the flood, to accomplish this. Look what it says over here in in verse 3 of chapter 11. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower. You know what that phrase, go to, let us, means, literally? Let's charge ahead. All right, amen, King Nimrod. We believe in what you say. Right on. You're a mighty hunter before the Lord. You're a mighty leader. You've brought us to a beautiful place to live. Go to, let us proceed with excitement and enthusiasm. Let's do it. And what does Nimrod do? Perverting God's plan. You see, what we see here is God's plan. Satan's program. God's plan. Genesis chapter 1, give Adam dominion over all of creation. Satan's program. Genesis chapter 3, don't worry about that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's all right for you to eat. Surely you're not going to die. God's plan. Serve and worship me. I'm going to send you a Messiah. Satan's program. I'll infect humankind. God's plan. I've got human government in a centralized situation. Satan's program. I'll use that centralized human government to accomplish my goal, and I'll infill Nimrod. By the way, remember I told you Ephesians 6, 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, power of darkness, evil in the heavenlies. You know what that means? That means there's an invisible battle going on between the forces of good and evil. Human government. Chapter 13 of Romans says human government, they're to be ministers of righteousness. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4 says, pray first of all for those who are kings in authority. Pray for governmental officials before you pray for the missionary, before you pray for the pastor. Pray for your leaders, kings and those in authority. God had a program. Why do you pray for them? So we can live quiet, peaceable, godly lives. And lead men and women to Jesus Christ. That's God's plan. Satan's program. Dispatch evil angels to take over world rulers. He did it in Daniel chapter 10. He took over the prince of Persia. That was Haman. To kill the Jews. He did it in chapter 10. He took over the prince of Greece. That's Antiochus Epiphanes. To kill the Jews. There's examples of it. He does it here in Genesis. He fills Nimrod with a satanic being, a demon to control him, to establish. And all the world, because they're in one language, says, go to, let us do it, proceed right ahead. And God establishes a one world government with one man in charge. But what else did he say here in chapter 11? Look what verse 4 says again. And they said, go to, let us build us a city, that's the one world government, and a tower. That is a one world 
religion. Let me develop this just a little bit. Why would he build a tower? You know, I've been born again 50 years last December the 23rd. And I can remember I was in Miami, Florida, a little Southern Baptist church. Mr. Christmas Sunday School teacher led me to the Lord. And he used to teach me these Bible stories. And one day he taught me about the Tower of Babel. And he said they were going to build a tower that would reach all the way into heaven. And I believed him. And, and so I then thought what was the problem was that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit were really uptight about that. They were concerned they were going to build and get into heaven instead of coming through them. And I got to, maybe they're having anxiety attacks in heaven. You know, oh, what's going to happen here? I don't know what to do. Then I got to realize, and that's not what it was for. I want to tell you something. If these people are going against what God said to do, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, they're going against that. They're going to one location to build a great city. They certainly didn't want to go to heaven. But they did want to put a tower up. A tower. A ziggurat, which is a heathen temple. A heathen temple. A tower that would reach into the atmospheres. You see, they were on a plane. Thank you for taking a few moments to listen to this portion of a five-hour, five-part audio series on CD that is available. This is entitled The Babylon Factor. We've been focusing on Iraq and the continuing activities that are absolutely setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. The name of this series, The Babylon Factor, it's a must. If you have a friend there or know someone that has a family member or a friend in Iraq, they need to have this series entitled The Babylon Factor, which gives them a prophetic perspective on what is happening in that unique part of the world. This five-part, five-hour audio series on CD is available. You can call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. That's 877-674-3298. Or go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com. You can order your copy of The Babylon Factor by either calling or going to the website. I want to thank you for taking a few moments to study the prophetic scriptures with us. By the way, remember, everything we've talked about in this study indicates that Jesus Christ is coming soon. But the rapture takes place. That's the calling up of all of us who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It happens seven years before Babylon really comes to its conclusion. And that rapture could happen at any moment. Having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...